Spookies, and welcome back to the Appalachian Spooky Hour, or just welcome if you're new here. I'm Sam, your host, and tonight we're joined by Mandy. Hi, Spookies. And if you can hear any residual background noise, it's because we're not recording in the usual studio. We are actually in a cabin in Virginia um, where we're staying for a couple days. And we're actually, in this episode, going to do things a little differently. It's going to be more like the Waverly Hills episode, if you guys have listened to that one. It's going to be about our personal experiences at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum actually last night. Now, we did previously do an episode on the show about Trans-Allegheny. You're welcome to go back and listen to it before this episode if you want, but if you'd prefer to just get some facts, um, Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum was previously called Weston State Hospital. It was a Kirkbride-style psychiatric hospital that was open from 1864 to 1994. It's located in Weston, West Virginia. Uh, It actually was one of those places that suffered severely from overcrowding. Um, Things got really bad there. Pretty pretty dismal place if you go back and uh, give that a listen, but we're just here to tell you guys about what we experienced in person last night, not about the history of the building again. But uh, yeah, so last night um, we were locked in at Trans-Allegheny to do an overnight investigation. Um, There were some other people there, but there was probably what... There wasn't that many. Um, I would say probably... 25. I was going to say in total, maybe 30 or less. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. I don't know the capacity that they sell tickets at, but it didn't seem super busy. Um, They break you into smaller groups, um, which is helpful. One thing they do do that's different than Waverly is you are never free to roam the building at your leisure. So keep that in mind if you're somebody who wants to go totally off be wherever you want, whenever you want. It's structured a little differently. Um, they take you on each floor for two hours in a small group. Um, yeah. There were times we were with other people. There were a lot of times we weren't. <clears throat> Our guide was uh, named Copperhead. Yes. <laughs> Interesting choice of name. Um, he was really good. He'd been a guide there, I think he said for eight years previously, yeah. left and came back. Yeah. Um, very knowledgeable about the building, which was great. Um, so where should we begin here? Um, I will say for just reflecting back on the organization that even though it was structured different from Waverly and you don't get time to just be set loose in the building, they did give you a lot of time. Yeah. It, they weren't right into it. There was no big tour that they pretty much went, okay, here's your floor. Here's your hot spots. And then you did have absolutely complete free reign of your floor, which was really, really nice. Um, we actually went a few hours before our scheduled time just to get a look at the building, figure out the drive there. Um, it's huge. Yeah. Huge building. Um, there are other buildings on property and there are tours you can take of other buildings, but you aren't free to roam the entire property. Um, you stick to the building that you're, you know, assigned yeah. to visit. Um, it, it's a beautiful building. It's very Gothic architecture. For me, it, it was less imposing than Waverly. Yeah, I'd agree. 
I don't, I don't know. I guess because maybe the exterior looks less worn and. <sighs> it looks, there was, there was cars parked there. It's in the middle of a town. So Waverly was off segregated. You had to go up a long, weird drive surrounded by trees. It felt far away. Trans-Allegheny, though, looks maintained, like a maintained yard. A working water fountain was in the front, and you literally are in town. So to me, it just looked like a very pretty Um, building in town. Yeah, I guess part of that is Waverly was a self-contained city at one point. It's not in a town because it had everything it needed on site for the most part, or what they needed was brought out and brought up to the building. This is just, you know, it was technically a hospital. Yes. Um, It wasn't a communicable disease like tuberculosis or anything. So I think that maybe did make it different. I mean, it is, you're in the thick of it. You're not out away. We went up during the daytime, you know, got to look at the building. We got to step inside. We got to talk to somebody who worked there. Um, Yeah, it just, it's a beautiful building to look at. It's enormous. The scope of it is a little overwhelming, knowing you're going to be inside there. Um, But yeah, and like when you go in, they have actually refurbished and rehabbed the entire center of the building, yes. each floor in the middle. So you're in a nice lobby. It's not that beat up, trying to fix things, broken, paint chipping. You don't get that immediately, and yeah. that helps the perspective a little bit. Yeah, I it's think. fully restored when you first walk in the um, doors. Our group started on floor one. Floor one ultimately ended up being where we had, I think, the majority of our kind of yes. experiences. Um, I can't remember the names of all the floors and stuff. They were like A and B and yeah. C and E and one and two. The, you know, it's different wards. So you start in the middle, which is always going to be kind of your meeting place. It's got working lights. It's the rehabbed part of the building. It's very nice. When you split into the wards, that's where you're getting into the original building. Well, it's all original, but I mean, like, the part of the building that hasn't been touched in years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, it's been left. Uh, mm-hmm. The only exception that was on the first floor. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have restored one ward of one wing. I think they called it Two North. Something. Can, something, something along like those that. lines. And they had fully restored it, including putting... Um, there's beds in the room so mm-hmm. there is one ward in the hospital that has been restored to look the way it would have back then yeah they had like um trinkets in the rooms yeah. furniture they had um the common areas set up like a table there was yes. actually a chess table that's original to the building yes there's actually a chess table that's original to the building that is in one of the common areas they had had it in storage brought it out you know so it can be viewed and these things are antiques so keep that in mind if you go even for any kind of tour, you're not allowed to touch or sit on the furniture. Yes. Um, they did have a chess set set up, and our guide did tell us right out of the gate, take a picture of the chess set, come back later, the pieces move a lot. I'll just tell you guys right now, in just full transparency, I don't have any faith in that or belief in that one because there's other people that can move the chess pieces. Oh, absolutely, yeah. All it takes is one dude alone, nobody around, moves a chess piece, everybody freaks out. That, no. Like, I'm just going to say no yes. on that. And it did happen when we were there. Yes. And we did say that to the guy, like, oh, the chess pieces moved. But 
the wards are so big and when you and you can be on the once you're set loose you're on the whole floor by yourself and we were alone in that room ourselves we very easily could have moved a piece yes it's <laughs> that's just one of those things if you choose to, i mean i'm not saying it's impossible let me just put that out there. i'm not yeah. saying oh absolutely those pieces aren't being moved by something no longer living or human but i'm saying that it probably was somebody living and human yeah um just because you can't you can't put faith in the other people that you're with that you don't know and that's where you get things a little bit different than you would get if you paid out big money for a private tour we're a small podcast we can't afford to do that we have to take what we can do right now so that one i'm calling bunk on like i don't buy that yeah now this was also the ward where we took some photos and we did get one photograph. It looks like a, a woman coming out of a room and going into another room. It I will post it indivi- like on our Instagram. I put it in a story. I'll move it over, you know, to a permanent photo so you guys can look at it at your discretion. We did ask some of you guys if you saw what we saw in the photo. Three or four of you did message me to tell me that you did see what we saw without us saying what we saw. I posted the photo, said, do you guys see anything in this picture? We did get responses. This photo's not been doctored. It's straight off my iPhone. I'm not smart enough to know how yeah. to edit a photo <laughs> like that on my phone. Like, it's straight off my phone, guys. And I, and I saw it literally right after you took it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you'll just have to take us in good faith on that one. But yeah. believe me, I had better things to do last night than edit a photo while sitting in Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. I did post it while we were there. You can check the hours yourself. We were locked in this building. There's no way. This is edited. Um, It's not a super obvious thing. You have to kind of look. You'll see it. If you're going to see it, you'll see it. If you're not capable of seeing it, you're just one of those people who, you know, there's sometimes people post things, oh, I see this, and I never see it. So, you know, it's one of those kind of things. But um, Mandy took a photo that was a little interesting, too, toward the end of the hallway. Same hallway. Uh, I was taking a picture towards the end. I was honestly just taking it to have a creepy picture of the hallway because it was the restored hallway. And uh, the lights weren't on. And there was a door. Most of the wards end in these very big windows. And I got a picture. And if you zoom into that window, it looks like there's a face in that window wearing black. But it's so far away, and we couldn't go down there to confirm because we had to keep we had to move on at that point of what was actually on the other side of that window. I don't know if it was a window to outside. I don't know if it was actually a window into another. <sighs> I thought it was a set ward. of doors, but I it was I don't been. know. I wasn't paying that much attention. Absolutely. So I don't know if it's just something that was out there that resembles a person, or it was a very gaunt-looking face in a. It's um, him in black, and again, I, and I'm not sure. We'll stick that one up. We're get, we'll make a post with the photos yeah. on our Instagram at Appalachian Spooky Hour. You guys can view them at your discretion if you want. Leave a comment if you see something. Leave a comment if you think we're full of shit. Like, yeah, absolutely. Tell that's me that, fine. I, that I took a picture of nothing. Um, the other thing to really note about the first floor is this is where you're getting into the oldest part of the building. Now, they started building Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in 1864, and the Civil War waylaid this. It, they had to stop construction. You know, men got sent off to fight. Um, resources were sparse. They couldn't really shell out the money for a war effort and 
to build this giant stone building. So this is where you get in for me the creepiest part of the building. Absolutely, yes. As a whole. Because um, you're dealing with areas of the building that not only housed and were functional for staff and patients of the lunatic asylum, they were also used to house soldiers during the war. Um, A lot of bad blood, you might say, in in this part of the building. Um, This is probably where we got some of our best experiences of the night um there's a large room off the kitchen i can't remember exactly what that room was for i remember that um it's it is attached to the kitchen and there was comments made that it was around where the stables used to be at the time i don't know what the actual i think the actual that room was the cafeteria but then he mentioned there was walkways to a cafeteria that was yes. out back. But that might have been later on. Right. So it, it, at the time, it, it's just a big open room. And it's ve- and it's um, also near one of the original rooms where females were held. Mm-hmm. Um, this room also had an antique carriage in it. I think it was like a four-seat, like very luxurious buggy. Um, this was, for me, one of the creepiest parts of this building because... You have this big open room, and then there's a doorway in the back to another room. Something about that doorway just wasn't vibing with me. We didn't, yeah, we both didn't like it. And we were free to go to that room. So our guide stopped in this big room. This is where Copperhead stopped and set us loose, so to say. He didn't go back there either. He just said, there's there's stuff back there. There's, you know, he's been back there. And he did tell us about... An experience. Yes. I think it was some YouTubers had where they took a photo and they caught someone in the doorway. And yeah. he mentioned having experiences with something kind of unpleasant. Yes. Um, Relating so, to a Civil War soldier. Mm-hmm. So we decided, well, well, we'll just start here and work our way back to the meeting spot. And then we decided this would be a great time to do our first ever Estes method. Yes. I went first, yeah. Yes, you did. We had never really done the Estes method before, but for those of you that don't know, it's kind of a little bit of a sensory deprivation thing. You wear noise-canceling headphones connected to a spirit box, and you you put something over your eyes so you can't hear anybody around you. You can only hear what's coming through the spirit box. You can't look around and see anything, and the other person with you asks questions. You answer with what you hear through the spirit box. Um, this was especially weird because I went under first. Yes, you did. And while I was under and answering her questions, Mandy's backpack fell off of where, like, it was on a very wide window ledge. We're talking a ledge wide enough the backpack could lay flat. It fell off the ledge onto her head. And I heard it move, like, uh... Like, someone was pulling it across the ledge, and it was enough that I looked over my shoulder, and when I was beginning to look over my shoulder, it fell. You were blindfolded. Yeah, I didn't realize this was happening. And I wasn't going to stop for that, but it I heard it slip, like, the drag of it going, and there was no way. It was, I'm adamant. There's no Um, way I could have done that. So the first time I'm under, the voice that kept coming through just kept saying, kill me, kill me, kill me. Yes. And so we switched. Um, I asked Mandy the question do you know me? And they actually said my name. Yeah, it was one of the first things that came through was your name. Didn't like that. 
So, you know, I'm kind of freaked out at this point. I'm like, I, I don't like this room. We're gathering up our stuff, and our guide actually comes back. Well, I just want to add in one more thing that it knew, said your name. The other thing it said was it was insane. I don't remember the exact wordage. I have written it down. Was telling us to come back to that room. No, I mean no, not no to you. No, yeah. like, no, I'm not going. Yeah, like it was insinuating like come back here. It was that's how what it, was. Mm-hmm. it says come back here. And we had just finished talking about going back there to that room. How no, we won't we won't go any further than this room. We're not going to go deep in there. And you, I sent your name, and then it said come back here. And we're like no, yeah. no, no, no. So our guide showed up and was kind of like, hey, you know, I've got some equipment. Let's go in the kitchen area. See if we can contact Jack and the chef, I think were the yes, names. Jack and chef. So we go back there, and he sets his stuff up, and he's talking. You know, we're standing in the dark with him and then, like, a, like a new guide who was being trained. And something touched my hair. Like, the, like when your mom just kind of brushes your hair back from your face. It was weird. <laughs> yes. And it was on my left side, and Mandy was standing to my right. The younger guide who was in training was sitting on the floor. Copperhead was across from us. Oh, he was almost across, entirely across the, the room. And there was no breeze. No. This isn't like Waverly. The, the windows are closed. There's no structure. Yeah, this is contained. There was no movement of air in that room. Um, we did end up leaving. Nothing. We couldn't contact anything. Another couple, couple of people came in, so we left. We don't like to hang around where there's a whole lot of other people because you don't get anything if there's a lot of people. So we were departing. We were going back from this area, the old area, to that ward that was redone. And something pinched the shit out of me. Yeah. It got me on my back. I thought at first I'd been bit by, like, a bug. But there's no there's no red mark. There's no anything. And it hurt. Like, it burned. And you jumped. Yes. I remember jumping and yelling, ow! Yeah. And I was not... I was actually almost ahead of you at that yeah, point. Yeah, you were in front of me. Yeah. Um, so th- that all happened on the first floor within the first, like, hour. Oh, within the first hour. Um, yeah. After that, it kind of faltered. We got nothing else I would consider remarkable on the first floor. Yeah, the rest of the first floor was really quiet. Um, we we did attempt to... There is a room on the first floor. I believe that is a, Lily's room. There's a little girl named Lily um, that they talk about. What can be the second floor? That's Emily. There's Emily and there's Lily. Lily is the little one... On the first floor. I thought Emily was on the third floor. Well, okay, Emily may be the third floor, but Lily is the okay. one on the first floor. Um, because that's the big room at the end, full of oh, balls. The ball. the ball. I forgot about yeah, the ball. Yeah, we need to talk about the ball. <sighs> yeah, um, I have no luck with Ghost Kids, you guys. The last time I, I tried to interact with the ghost kid at Waverly, I brought them a ball, and they totally dissed me and didn't want to have anything to do with me. So yeah. <laughs> we went in Lily's room, and um, I sat down on the floor and rolled the ball. Yes. And it rolled across the room, and then it sat, and then it moved a little bit. We got a little bit of spirit box activity because we kept getting someone saying, hi, hi, hello, hi. Um, but yeah, the ball didn't roll back to you, but it was like moving back and forth as if someone had their foot on top of it, you know, and was yeah. kind of rocking it, but it didn't actively like no. roll around. So, you know, I don't know about that one, but I took a video of it. I might stick that in the, the post, but, um, you know, grain of salt and there's like lots of dust flying around and, and I'm not an orb person. So if you plan to comment, it's not orbs. Yeah. It's dust. <laughs> it's dust. But yeah, that, I think that was it for the first floor. Yeah, the first floor was started out good, fizzled. Um, then we went to the second floor. 
where the middle of the second floor was the doctor's quarters. Um, there's actually a balcony that they said was like the doctor's entrance. On the opposite end um, of that area, there's another door that had been a walkway to the cafeteria. Maybe, the, I don't know, there was something about a cafeteria out back. It's, I don't know if it's gone now. The walkway doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, well, I can't remember. Was that the geriatric? No, the geriatric. Was, that was floor three. That was floor three. So these were pretty much just basic patient wards. I know that the, I don't remember their names, but second floor uh, is, was, is, was. Children's. Pediatrics, yes, children. Yes, there was On a, one side of it was yeah, children. There was a children's ward. Um, this is the floor with the murder bathroom. The murder bathroom is one of the kind of famous things that happened there. There was a patient. He was in the restroom. Another patient got a knife, stabbed him 17 times. He got out of the bathroom, started crawling to the nurse's station, made it about halfway and bled out on the floor. Um, that's one of the famous stories from there. Um, that is the ward that was also part of the children's floor. Yes. Um, this is where we contacted... Lisa. Lisa, yes. Yeah, so um, we didn't do the Estes method. Oh, we did yes, actually we did, do the Estes method. Yes, met we Lisa. did. That's the, we, we did a little of both. That's right. You're right. Yeah, we sat down in one of the common rooms, and this common room had a chalkboard in it. It's fair to assume they probably did lessons for the kids that were here. I mean, they're still kids. They still need to learn. So we sit down. Um, floor's quiet. Mandy goes under for Estes method. I start asking the questions. Were you a nurse? Because we're by the nurse's station. The answer's no. Were you a patient? Answer's no. Did you work here? Answer was yes. The name Lisa comes through. After some more questions, we kind of deduced that Lisa was a teacher. She probably was associated with this room in some capacity. We did get that she was a math teacher, but... I would assume she probably taught them yeah. everything. Um, we also started getting the murder bathroom guy. I think so, yes. Because we did um, make a comment about uh, asking how many people are here, and, and we did get through um, the spirit box uh, many. So we knew we were talking to multiple people. Um, Lisa just happened to be front and center for quite a while. But that yes, we did. The murder bathroom guy came through before he, Lisa. He did, and then he we... I think at first we didn't know who we were talking to. Uh, it was Lisa really came. kind of funny because <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who I asked. Did you die here? Maybe and it came. The word crap came through. Yeah, and I was like, "Yep, you died in the crapper, pretty much, bro. You got stabbed." And then it was a uh, uh, about closing the door, yeah. closing the bathroom, close the door, door. close the door. Uh, yes, I said under while I was mm -hmm. under. I kept saying, I remember saying, "Close the door." Um, so that was interesting. Um, your experiences on the second floor. Yeah, so not in the pediatric ward. Um, so on the pediatric side, if you go across the center area where the doctor's quarters are and you go across, the other side from what I understood was just the general, uh, one was, um, the, I think it was all just general women's. It was just a women's ward. Um, we decided, we did a couple of little things. We did the, we walked around. And then we just sat. It was actually at the um, suggestion of Copperhead to just take in the moment, sit down, listen, watch. So we sat at the very end of the hallway, 
but near the center of the building, looking down the um, corridor. We were alone. There was no one down that corridor at first. And uh, while my eyes adjusted, there at the end of a lot of these are window. Like I said, there's windows and retaining walls, like half walls. Like they were probably once used for storage or these little cubby areas. At the very, very end, I saw a shadow. Um, and the easiest way to say it was the shadow stood up from this half wall. So there was, you know, half of the end was, the window was cut off because this little retaining wall was there. Something came up from behind the retaining wall. I'd say it was like up for two seconds and went back down. And that was kind of freaky number one because that one I was like, okay, it's weird. I'm staring at this one shadow, but I swear I saw something come up and go down. It wasn't even five minutes later. Sam and I are doing the same thing. We're staring, taking it in. We do find out that there's two other ghost hunters halfway down the hall, but they are tucked off to the side. They are not we in the hallway. We can see them. We can see them. We know exactly where they are. They're being very respectful. They're doing the exact same thing we are further down the hall. They're just staring, taking in, taking in the corridor. There is a door. Would you say it was three doors forward? Or not yeah, far. Yeah, it was three. Um... It is open, so the door is open into the hallway, and out of that door, from behind it, I see, and it's it's a weird, wispy gray, the end of a skirt twirl, like someone has walked out of the room, and then very quickly gone, whoop, and turned right back around and walked back in, and it was a like a big skirt that had done a huge spin, um, and it was like... Like I said, it was like an out, and then they had they had run back into the room, and it was enough that I know I freaked. I I I had a because it was and it wasn't a shadow. It was a weird gray. It was very weirdly bright considering the hallway was so dark. Yeah. But it was for one second, like someone had come out and come right back in. But it was the twirl of a skirt. So I get up and go look, and there's yes. there's nobody there. Um, yes. We moved the door around. We you know we looked inside with a light, like to make sure. The other two ghost hunters come up and ask if we had smelled cigar smoke. Because there is a ghost, supposedly when he's around, you smell cigar smoke. They were picking that up in the area they were sitting in. Um, They came into the room. The woman's daughter actually had an EMF meter, stepped into the room. Things spiked like crazy. And it was the first time it had spiked for them since the night had started, was in that room. And that room was weird, too, because it had a door into an adjacent room. It was a bathroom. Okay. It had a window, an interior window and door to look into the bathroom. So part of me almost wondered if this was some kind of, like, a break room for the nurses, maybe? Yes. Or something of that effect, because... Or maybe it was somewhere... If they had to take urine samples and things, they could watch the patient through the window. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. It was a little weird to have an interior window into a bathroom. Yeah, the the room was weird. But Uh, for me, that solidified it. Because, yeah, she walked in and her EMF went, woo, and she even said that's the first time it spiked all night. So probably my favorite thing that happened in the entire night was in the doctor's ward. Yes, that was was so cool. We were um, just looking, honestly, because they have set these up with the antique furniture kind of how they would have looked when the doctors were living there. Um, We had the voice box on, the spirit box going, just to see if anything came through. We're standing there, and the most hilariously chipper male voice pops through and goes, Boo! Yes. And And, and clear as day. So clear. I mean, it was so funny. Like, we just started laughing. 
because of all the things you can hear on a ghost hunt is boo. Boo. So that was pretty good. Um, After that, floor two was the same as floor one. It just fizzled. Yeah. It just fizzled out. But we were near the end of our two hours by that point anyway. So, you know, it was what it was. Um, Then we went up to floor three. Floor three of the main wards, not counting the the oldest part of the building on the first floor, definitely is the heaviest. Um, The middle part of the ward, well, the floor, not the ward, it was where the nurses lived and, and would go up to sleep and, you know, all of that. Um, the geriatric ward is on this floor. Um, it has a long wheelchair ramp. This is where there's a room that has a cage in it. Yeah, that was weird. Um, Copperhead did tell us a story about one of the guides, supposedly, and I say supposedly because we weren't there. We can't verify that any of this is true. We're taking him on his word. I don't think he would have made this up. Um, one of the guides went in, sat in the chair. There were other people, you know, there with her. They start freaking out and taking pictures. They're seeing this black mass in the cage with her that she can't see. She freaks out because they're freaking out, tries to get out, and says later it was like someone was holding the cage shut from the outside because there's no lock on this. It's been sheared off for safety. Um, That room, I mean, they don't know that they kept patients in this cage. Yeah, they don't know the history of the cage. He said, you know, it could have been for storage. They don't know that they were keeping people in there, but it could have been a possibility. Um, I don't do geriatric wards, especially in places like this, because this is where they would have housed dementia patients and people like that. And you know they weren't treated well. And no, I'm I'm not into that. Um, The violent women's floor was apparently, when the place was open, the floor everybody hated the most. I kind of get it because you expect the men who were violent to be physically violent, but these women were, like, also sexually violent. Yes. Kind of makes it weird. Um, We didn't really get... We got nothing. Nothing in the women's ward. Um, Uncomfortable, but that... And that, I will say, that is the ward where we came across those two... um, of people again, same people from the second floor, who kept insisting that they were smelling latex, latex yes. gloves, and I, that is the same year we, we both had a sense, like a smell sense. For me, um. it smelled like hospital, and for the spookies, I I work in a hospital, so for a very brief moment, I just I smelt work. I just smelt what I smelled at work, so it was sort of a mixture of human sick. Uh, but it was very brief. It was very, very For brief. me, the whole thing just smelled like mildew. It, yeah. It just smelled like old building. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a lot of that in the lower floors, but this floor smelled like it had moisture problems to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, that's just how it smelled. But um, there, but there was nothing else in the violent women's no. ward. We no. crossed over, and then there's the violent men's ward. Now, there were other rooms on other floors that were con- used for containment when people got kind of out of control. And this was, you know, a period in time when they used four and five point harnesses to strap you to a wall. These were different. Mm-hmm. Um, on the violent men's ward, there's actually a very small, narrow hallway kind of between the main hallway and these very, you've done something bad, bad containment rooms. These were rooms that had an interior door that 
had like a grate you could see through. If you were being loud, and they didn't want to listen to you anymore, it had a large steel exterior door they would also shut. Yeah. These rooms have drains in the floor. They would strip you naked, chain you to the wall at the waist, your wrists, and your ankles. When you went to the bathroom, they would just come in, hose it down the drain, yep. leave you there. Um, bad. Bad stuff was, was going on here. Then further down the hall, um, if you did listen to the previous podcast... There was a patient who um, was murdered by two other patients using his bed frame. His room was part of this ward. And according to Copperhead, this boy's name was Dean. He was autistic, shouldn't have even been on this floor. A social worker basically was working on getting him out, getting him moved to an appropriate place. And before that happened, he was um, murdered by a man who had already murdered someone. Yes. Um, this this man had murdered another patient. And I guess they didn't see fit to like keep him contained in a room. Yeah. And him and another patient conspired to kill this boy. Um, they tried to hang him from a pipe in his room first. When that didn't kill him, they put the leg of his bed on his head and jumped on it until yeah. he was dead. Um I didn't like that room. No. Um, something, yeah. We did make the choice not to do anything in this room. I would have liked to have talked to Dean just so Dean would know that there were people who cared about him and his story. Yeah. And are very profoundly sorry for what happened to him. But this violent person who was perfectly capable and happy of killing other people, not somebody... I want to have come through. We didn't want to take that risk. After some of the experiences at Waverly with violent people coming through, um, and, you know, like you said, the area where this room is located, there's just something creepy about having to get out of it through that narrow hallway inside yeah. of a hallway. Um, it's not pleasant. It feels unpleasant. And just the sorrow of what happened is heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, this kid, nobody deserves to die like that, but this kid didn't deserve to die like that for no reason whatsoever. Um, and Dean was, um, nonverbal. So, yeah, you know, that, that makes things difficult. Um, even if he came through, I don't know how that would, how that would be, but, um, yeah, we decided not to do that. (laughs) Um. We did kind of momentarily join a session that the guide set up to contact a spirit called Big Jim. Um, We didn't hang around long. We decided to go back off on our own and try again to sit, listen, watch, see if anything happened, and nothing did. No, the only other thing that occurred on the third floor, I won't even say occurred that we attempted, was this was the floor that had the auditorium. Yes. Uh, a beautiful space mm-hmm. uh, that we were set in the history. They would hold, uh, you know, st- performances, plays. And he said at one point uh, they had a prom there. Lewis County, West Virginia yeah. would use it for their prom. Yeah. Which is wild because you have all of these high school students and teachers and all that's separating them from the most violent mental patients in the state of West Virginia is a metal door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did try there. Um, no luck. Yeah, nothing really happened there. Um, We did go back and explore the nurses' quarters like we did the doctors' quarters, and there was one room where the smell of just old lady perfume... Yeah, you... Oh, oh my gosh. Mandy didn't really smell it. 
it was overwhelmed me and I actually have asthma and a lot of scents and stuff just I can't do and this was that old lady flowery perfume like heavy and I was the only one that smelled it and it was and what was funny is before you even said that because we've been walking around an old building at this point for four hours four and a half hours I believe at this point um we haven't complained about anything considering your asthma and, and stuff like that you we walked into this room together it was not even 10 seconds and you sneeze and it's the first sneeze of the whole evening and I said bless you and you sneezed again and I went oh and then you turned around and went there is perfume in here there's old lady I'm out like it was I think my exact words were whichever one of you it is needs to lay off the toilet water yes and it was so fat because you sneezed immediately and of um, course I did not smell what you smelled which I thought that was very interesting now in the auditorium we did pick up a little something um of note I think Lots of shh. Somebody shushing us. Yes. And it was interesting because Copperhead had told us previously that he was there with a private group. They were very loud and raucous. Um, One of the guys was particularly loud and he got shushed by what they assumed was one of the nurses because this was their place to come to sleep, to rest, to get away from work. Um, So that was interesting because somebody, and I did say, do you want everybody here to just go away and leave you alone? And they went, yes. Well, what, what did they say? They said, uh, y'all can leave now. Yes, it was y'all and can leave now. You, it, it, it was wasn't the, even just the way it was said. It was it in was a the, local accent. It was. It was very, y'all can leave now. Yeah. Like very, you know. And it was the only clear thing besides the, because sh- well, the auditorium, it babbled a lot. Yeah. That, that, and then all of a sudden it was that. And it was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, around three-ish. We're exhausted because we've been there since 7.30. Yes. Um, was it? 8.30. 8.30. 8.30. We got there about 8.15. We've been in the car all day. We were just tired, guys. Like, we wanted to do the fourth floor, but at this point, we're not getting much of anything. It, the night is dwindling off. I, I do want to interject because we can't seem to remember. I, I now believe Emily was on the second floor because of the geriatric and violent women on the third. We didn't contact Emily... We came so close. We went and she, oh, was, she yeah. was a little girl on the on the pediatric ward. Her room is full of toys. We walked into that room, and that is the only room where our EMF reader went nuts. And we pulled out the spirit box. We asked if we were in there, and we did get a hello. And, and the EMF reader went nuts. And then all of a sudden, a group of people, like a big group of people with all their flashlights on. It was like two people. But but it's, they were loud. Like, they weren't it was, being it was, it was a couple of people. They came down the hall with all their crap on, like lights on. And, uh, yeah, they were not being quiet. And they actually stopped, saw us in the room. Yes. And just kind of stood in the doorway. And that scared and off. Nothing, and yeah, the EMF went off, like went down, nothing. And we never got to go back up no, again. It just scared off whatever we were communicating yeah. with. So um, we never confirmed it was Emily. That's kind of the rub with Trans-Allegheny um, for me. At Waverly Hills, you, I won't say they won't tell you you can't have a light. They heavily discourage it and don't want you to use it. They want your eyes to adjust to the natural darkness of the building. You're more likely to see things than you are using a light or the flash on a camera. So many people, it wasn't even flashlights. There was one woman who had like a purple tinted light, which was a little better than white light. The problem was people with video cameras with these huge mounted lights. 
They never turned them off. They walked in every single room filming, like, not communicating, not really doing anything, going in every single room with these bright lights, walking down the hallways with these bright lights. It was very obnoxious. I'm just going to say it. It was very obnoxious. And then the people who had these very weird spirit boxes. Yeah. There was this one... I called it the zombie box. Yeah. <laughs> it made a noise continually. It was like... Like, it was it weird. It like the box was possessed. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't... Maybe... I don't... I guess it was a spirit box. I don't honestly we know. We actually don't know what it I was. I never heard it do anything but make that stupid noise. Um, and you could hear it from oh, a mile away. From a mile away, yeah. Um, the other thing, the group that was above us all night was so loud. Yes. And I'm not talking like you could just hear their footsteps. I'm talking stomping, slamming doors. At one point, everybody in our group flooded back to the center about an hour in because all of a sudden, everybody started running up above us, screaming Screaming. bloody murder. Oh, screaming. Oh. Mandy's first thought is they've seen something crazy. My first thought is somebody's hurt. Something has happened. Either way, something very traumatic has happened. Everybody in our group leaves where they are. We run back to the middle thinking there's an emergency. One of the idiot people scared the other people. Yeah. I guess came out, they called out to the shadows, like, you know, and then... They got an, an actual answer, person. An actual answer, answer back went high, and of course, they just lost it. Our yeah. guide was not impressed. No. We were not impressed. If you're listening and you were part of that loud-ass group, please don't ever go to any of these places again, because you ruined a whole lot of shit for other yeah. people. Yeah, and, and scared a lot of people. I, I was terrified for whoever, because there was someone that you could hear, they were they were howling with tears. Uh, like, they were Yeah, so somebody upset. was crying. Like, I really thought somebody had gotten... Yes, very badly injured. You know, fell down the stairs or something, or tripped well, and, and busted that, their face. That was the f- and that was the third floor. We were on second. They were yes. on third. We were given a very strong warning in the auditorium that we could stand on the stage, not the dance floor, because we could go through. Yes, it. the floor is soft. So I'm like, somebody has done something very stupid yeah. out there. So you know that was obnoxious. If you're going to go to these places, be respectful to the fact. Unless you pay to have the whole building, there's other people here. Yeah. And these other people aren't necessarily there to have a laugh and joke around and make a lot of noise. Yeah. You know, if you want to joke and, like, talk amongst yourselves, that, okay. But remember, there's other people here, too. And I'm not just talking about disrupting people's, you know, EVP recordings and that kind of thing. You know when you go in a building and there's other people, you're at a risk yeah, of absolutely. human interference. Yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about... We're all in this big, old building where a lot of bad things happened. You're not just disrespecting the other humans with you. You're disrespecting the history of the place. This was not a fun place. This was not a place where you went because you had a legitimate mental illness. They could just put you in here for any reason. They actually had a poster that listed all the reasons they could admit you to Trans-Allegheny. One of them was for a dog bite. You get bitten by a dog and your family can have you admitted to a lunatic asylum. People were locked up just because their families didn't want to deal with them anymore. You had, you know, elderly patients dying here. You had, you know, people getting stabbed and beaten. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad stuff happened in this building. Lobotomies. As yeah. we learned, many lobotomies. I knew that from the previous episode. Yeah, but, but um, just to say bad things. Yeah, he was one of the fathers of lobotomy and it, it was bad. This wasn't a good time. Nobody wanted to be here. 
so just remember that if you go to these places respect them respect the history respect what happened in this place we didn't have that problem at waverly hills there were no people running down the hallways screaming that didn't happen um i won't say there were more serious ghost hunter types at waverly but yes i will there were more serious ghost hunter types at waverly lots of teenagers were there last night yes and now i'm not saying all teenagers it it, it might not have even been the teenagers causing the ruckus there were some wine moms there were some teenagers there were some dude bros i won't say they may not have legitimately been interested in ghost hunting or investigating i can say they're not the type of people you usually see at these kinds of things and just think about it before you go is what i'm saying like if you're going to have a good, like, have a few drinks and then go cause a ruckus, stay home. Don't ruin this for everybody else, guys. Like, it was, some of it was pretty bad. Um, the people at Trans Allegheny were great. Absolutely, all of them were. The yes. guides were great. The people working that night were great. Um, they want you to have the experience you are there to want to have. You could tell Copperhead zeroed in on the people in the group. Who legitimately wanted a real experience. We weren't there to get spooked and have a giggle. There were probably six or eight of us. He would, you know, say, hey, come in here. Let's try to get something going. And he was actively trying to get things going, too. um, You could tell. You could tell who was there for what reason. He could tell who was there for what reason. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a good time. We had a good time. We had a good time, yeah. But you could have a good time without ruining it for all the people who were there, is what I'm kind of saying. Um, and this isn't to disparage anybody who might have been there when we were there. You know, you legitimately got scared. Like, oh, yeah, somebody up there and got whoever, scared. And whoever did the scaring is an asshole. That's an asshole move. Yeah, it is. Just don't do that, guys. And now we know that based on where we were when it occurred, because it was right over our heads, they were in the violent women's ward. Yes. Maybe even in the... So, like, we now know the bad... One of the really bad... Like, I could see... It was a recipe for disaster. (laughs) So, you know, it's just one of those things, like I said, you know when you go in with other people, there's a possibility for anything to happen. And our experience in that regard at Waverly was very different. Um... Not better, not worse, necessarily. It was just a very different set of people you saw at different places. Um, I mean, it was a good, it was a good night. Um, we, you know, we bailed on the fourth floor, but we really weren't getting much. Um, we never got any of the kind of more angry stuff like yeah. we did at Waverly. That didn't really happen here. Um, so that obviously made it very different, too. Um I don't know. Like, if you're in the area and you get a chance to go, go. Even if it's for a history daytime tour, it's worth it to see the building. Oh, absolutely. Um, And the restoration they've done on parts of this building are absolutely fantastic. And it's wonderful to see it being repaired and fixed. Um, I know there's people who prefer it to not be because you want it to keep that spooky ambiance. Restoration or not 
whatever's there's not not leaving. No. It's there. Yeah. Um actually restoration can make a lot of hauntings worse. So that's something to consider. Um if you're looking for the experience like Waverly, like being left alone all night in the pitch dark, to roam as you will, get away from people, you know, you have the option to not be around anybody else if you don't want to. You're not gonna get that here. The structure's just different. And part of it's a safety thing. This building is huge, guys. Like, Waverly's big. This place is enormous. It's very easy to get lost. Yes. Um, so part of that, I'm sure, is so each guide can make sure, hey, everybody's here, nobody got left behind. You know, if you've got 40 people and you turn them loose in this building, it might take you all night to find all, them. All the little rooms and all the different... There's wards off of wards. There's doors that if you walk through them, yes. you could fall out the building. Yeah. And then, like, you know, yeah. like in the doctor's ward, there's a room that leads to a room that leads to a room, room. that leads to a closet. Yeah. Like, this is a deep building with a lot of spaces in it. Yeah. So, if you go to remember, be nice to your guides when they tell you, hey, meet us at this time. Get there a couple minutes early. Yeah. Make sure you're there. If you want to go downstairs, use the restroom, have a snack, have a drink, take a break, tell them. They're keeping track of you for your safety. So just remember that. Um, would you say Trans-Allegheny's haunted? Yes. Based, even if the only thing that had happened to me last night had been my... Uh, and I will say that after seeing pictures, I realized what I saw was a nurse's uniform. The It was a white... Uh, flowy skirt. They had many. They had also had all throughout the wards um, restored old photos to kind of show you what these areas looked like when they were uh, had people in them. Pictures of patients, pictures of nurses. I recognized it immediately. We went up to the third floor where they had pictures of nurses and nurses who had worked there, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" I saw the nurse's uniform, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized what it was. That pic, that sighting, what I saw come out that door alone. It's haunted. I just got the vibe the whole time we were there that they didn't want us there. So they were very much, a lot of shush, a lot of no's, a lot of, we were told on an Estes method, can I have your name? And they're like, never. Um, absolutely. It is haunted. Yes. Um, would I say Trans-Allegheny is haunted? Yes. I think there are spirits, maybe other things in this building do I think this building is very, very active, loud, wants to be heard? No. I think this is a place where these people want to be left alone. Um, Waverly was very in your face. Trans-Allegheny's, at least in our experience our last experience night, last night yes. was pretty quiet. Um, like she said, I, it was very, no, we don't want to talk to you. No, we don't want to share information with you. Go away, leave us alone. We want to rest. Yeah. Um, it is haunted, I think. Um, you know, I uh, my hair got touched. You know, something pinched the shit out of me. Oh, I forgot about the back of my arm. I did get grabbed on the back of the arm, not violently, but it was it was like someone had come up and uh, had, like you know, like how some people grab to redirect you somewhere. Someone had touched the back of my arm. There was no one behind me. Um, but it had felt like a directing movement, like you need to move over mm-hmm. here or move off um. to somewhere. I will say, walking around all night, there were a couple places in this building where I felt uneasy. There was never a point in this building where I felt any kind of fear like I did in Waverly. This building didn't scare me. This building had a different vibe. Um, 
this building has the vibe of everything here was once human. I don't feel like there's anything demonic there. Anything that's been necessarily attracted to this building. Mm -hmm. um, I think everything there was once there. a person. Yeah. Um, and they're stuck there. Um, probably very tortured souls. I have no doubt that there's probably nights that this building's very loud. Yes. Um, very active. They're angry. They want you to hear them because they're mad. Um, we just didn't have that particular experience ourselves last night. But, um, yeah, it's, it's haunted. It's haunted. Um, it's very hard for places like this to not be haunted. Um, I talked about it in the last episode about Highland Hospital. Places that see a lot of tragedy, a lot of misery, a lot of bad things happening... It's almost like the building soaks in the energy of what yeah. happened there. Um, this place was very, very violent. Um, you know, they were chaining people to radiators and beds and it's stuffing them in cages. This was one of those places where they put people in cages, mm -hmm. um, which does kind of make you think, was the cage for people? Yeah. Because they did do that here at Trans-Allegheny. That was documented. That is a thing that happened. Um, you know, this was a place where a nurse went missing, they couldn't find her, and then weeks later they find her in a back stairwell and nobody ever went in. She'd been murdered. Yeah. She'd been stabbed. You know, it just wasn't good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You know, you had a doctor here who was doing 100 lobotomies a day on everybody ages 5 to, like, 90. If he thought it would, quote-unquote, help you, he would do it. So, suffering was not limited to one particular subset of people. It was everybody. Um, so yeah, that was our experience at Trans Allegheny. Pretty quiet night, honestly. Um, a few key moments. I was going to that's, I think, the difference for, for me between Waverly and Trans Allegheny was Waverly was, was low-key, something was always happening at all times, where Trans Allegheny was, we had some big things happen, and then total quiet. Yeah. So that, that would be my difference there. It was... Interesting. Yes. It was interesting to see it. It was interesting to explore it. To know more about some of the people who were there. Um, would I go back? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not to stay overnight. I won't even lie. Like, I'm, I would like to go back for maybe like a day tour of mm -hmm. some sort. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't go back and spend the night. But do I feel like I'm drawn to do that? Not necessarily. But I do think it is, if you're in the area or you're looking for something to do and you're passing through, it is worth a stop. Yes, yes. Even if you go during the day. Even if you just go do a history tour. It's The history's worth knowing. It's worth knowing about what happened here. Because, you know, there are places in the world where some of this stuff still happens. There's places in the United States where some of this stuff still happens, I'm mm. sure. Um, and that's not something that should be ignored. Um I think that about wraps up Trans-Allegheny. Um, besides the live episode in Gettysburg, this will be our first podcast episode about the trip that we're on right now. You're hearing this about a week after, a little, a little over a week after. Um, so yeah, we'll have some more episodes about the things that happen on the trip, but that's all for this one, Spookies. Would you like to do the outro? I say it every episode. I know. <laughs> I'm blanking. Remember, don't go outside alone after dark. <laughs>